Doop, 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 doop. Hello. Hi. 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 How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm okay. Yeah? Don't mind my white claw. Oh, look at you. Look You're at basically me? a 33-year-old white man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's a mango one. It is sure. also a tall boy one. Sure. Because I don't mess around. If I'm going to no. do a white claw, I might as well do it the PBR way and get a tall boy. <laughs> so. If there's anything that is said about you around town, it's that Taylor doesn't mess around. When she's drinking the claw. Ugh, please don't call it that. How has your most of a week been? Uh, it's been good. It's, it's been good. I'm packing to go to a destination wedding and it's supposed to be like mid eighties during the day and then drop to like mid thirties at night. And also I'm packing like wedding stuff. Uh, where is this wedding? Vail, Colorado. Oh, hmm. So my suitcase is a hot mess. Is that this weekend? Uh, it's this coming one. Yes, it's on Saturday. Oh my God, I'm going to a destination wedding on Saturday in San Where Diego. Where are you? In San Diego? Yeah. <laughs> Your weather is going to be so much more predictable than mine. That's so funny. Wow. Yeah, Cute. my weather is all over the place. Um, but I like I have my bridesmaids dress and I have a dress that I like for the rehearsal dinner, but I have been told that it looks too Christmassy, and so now I'm really paranoid that it looks too Christmassy because of the colors, but I Does really it just like have, it. like, a whole bunch of, like, poinsettias sewn on it? No. No, it's, a, it's like a black dress with red, white, and green flowers on it. Okay. And, yeah, it's a little Christmassy. But I really like, like, it's the, it doesn't scream, you know, holly and whatever. I don't know. I brought a backup, but I think that I look terrible in the backup, so I don't really want to wear it. But You know what, bud? Like, wear whatever you feel smoking hot in. That's what I That's say. That's what I was thinking. Like, maybe That's there's a say. little, maybe I bring a little Christmas joy to this wedding. Who cares? Also, listen, it's September, so if you round up, that's Christmas. And Vale already had their first snow last weekend, so I mean, it's pretty mm. much Christmas. Mm-hmm. I have a holly Death jolly Christmas. wedding I'm here. Yeah, absolutely. That's probably what's going to happen because it's cuter and my cuter shoes go with it. And so I'm probably going to wear that dress, but okay. I brought the other one just in case. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But we'll see how it goes. Well, that's I'm excited. Though. I think it's going to be a very, a very, very fun wedding. Um, and then the weekend after is my 10 year high school graduation that I'm absolutely not going to. I was going to say, are you going to that? Not even a little bit. Um, a, because it's the weekend of my birthday. So yeah, you don't absolutely that. not am I going to buy a ticket back to Oklahoma for my birthday Yeah. to no. go back to high school No. 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 for my birthday. But it's my birthday. Um, and it will be like <clears throat> right after I get back to Chicago after being gone for a week. And I just can't. I can't. No, it's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but I can't wait to get a bunch of texts from my drunk high school friends that are, you know, irate at me. And I'll just be like, how much are you paying your babysitter right now? Truthfully. Also, like, if they are texting you, they're probably people that you still keep in touch with. So you guys can just do a separate thing rather than. That's true. And three of the four people that I talked to from high school aren't going. Yeah, that's trash then. And we all talked about it separately. We were like, I'm not going. Are you going? No, I can't afford to fly back. No, I'm not going. Are you going? Also, like, it's only 10 years. I know. know? Like, like, I think I would probably be much more inclined to do my 20-year reunion. Ooh, but also, Mm, also. Go to that either. Our high school class, the last that I heard, which, big fat disclaimer on this, I tuned out of this conversation long ago. Sure. But the last that I heard, they were doing like a weekend camping thing. Absolutely not. That's like, too much time I, with high school people. I, if I want to see anyone from high school, I want to see you for like three hours at a restaurant. The end. That's it. That's all that I want to do. Yeah. I think I want to be able to say like, like, yes, I made eye contact with you and recognized that we both spent four years in the same building the end yeah the weird thing about mine is like half of us so my graduating class was 49 people including me cute uh mainly because we were the troubled class and so right before freshman year a whole bunch of kids got kicked out for drugs and alcohol the troubled class (laughs) yeah it it us (laughs) you found us oh no um so every other class is like 100 kids we were like less than 50 (laughs) <laughs> um but the the itinerary is like brunch kids are welcome and then we're going they're they're going to homecoming the homecoming football game nope thank you and then there's like a dinner with drinks where kids are not allowed where i'm assuming everybody's gonna get trashed and you know <clears throat> I just don't want to get trashed with people I went to high school with because all the people that I do want to get trashed with that I went to high school with, I see on a regular basis. And or are married to. And or are married to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, I don't need, no, I don't, I don't need any of that. Good. I got you good. Yeah, that, that was a good one. Let the record show. I like that uh, a lot. I just also don't like getting trashed. There, I said it. It's out there. I don't like that. it. Yeah, you know, I feel um, far too old to do that. Um, while we're on the topic of getting trash, though, I should say I... What are you drinking? Oh, um, I actually, fun fact, I am <laughs> drinking an IPA that my amazing boyfriend brewed. Um, oh, my God. It's called Footwork, and the... Like, the can logo is a record. Um, like, an old school side one, side two record. Yeah. And um, they basically, it's the it's one of the first beers that he made the recipe for at his new place. So, he's made a bunch of beers that are his before, but this is the first one at his new place. And they basically all looked at each other and they were like, well, we have this super, super popular IPA that's selling a bunch, but like, we don't drink it. So why don't we make an IPA that we like? And then footwork was born and I'm a huge fan. That's that's great. 
Yeah. Um, but okay, another I'm gonna take another poll like we did last week. Ooh. Two okay, weeks great. Ago. Yeah, dude. Uh, our our timeline in like terms of what we're currently living versus what is going on episode timelines is so confusing to me. Not a clue. I, have I no finally idea just who have I to am. at work like list out like, okay, this is gonna be the day for episode six, and then episode seven is this day. <laughs> like, yeah, it's gonna, yeah, yeah, it's chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we have a debate going for Halloween costumes. <gasps> Great. I- idea number one: Trevor would be Jamie Lannister, dirty Jamie Lannister in prison with no hands. Right. Because he has the hair for it. Yeah. And then I would be Lady Olena with a glass of wine, just sassy talking to everybody all night long. Or like this. Right? And then we could reenact the scene where he kills me because everyone's nerds. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert. Oh, Lord. So, <laughs> I was just about to say, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Whoops. <laughs> you know what, though? That happened so long ago. Like, if you're not yeah. up on it, then... yeah. Come on, get it together. Um, And the the draw for that one is because his brother is dressing up, which might keep in mind, his brother is like taller and larger and wider than he is. Okay. And has blonde hair, long blonde hair. So he's going to dress up naturally as Daenerys. Oh, man, that's good. Okay. His his girlfriend, who is my height, is going to be Jon Snow. Perfect. And they have two Australian cattle dogs that they're going to dress up as the dragons. Amazing. Love it. Right? Truly great. But idea number two, are you caught up on Marvel stuff? Yeah. More okay, or less. Spoiler, 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 blah, 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 whatever. Wait, have you seen Endgame, though? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great, great, great. Uh, he would be Fat Thor, and I would be Scarlet Witch. Oh, I hate Scarlet Witch. Really? Yeah. If I had more, like, time and effort, I would do Rocket, but I don't have that much time and effort, and Scarlet Witch would be the easiest for me to dress up as. That's true. Because I literally just need the jacket. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, that's our poll. Which which couple's costume do you think we should go as? I, can I propose a third? Sure, why not? What if Trevor went as Kyburn and you went as the Mountain? and then you could just throw him into walls all night long all night long i'm very good at that just picking him up and chucking him into walls Mm -hmm. um i did i did tell him that he could go as the hound because his hair is long enough yeah there you go yeah but then i would want to go as like hot pie or something (gasps) oh my god reagan (laughs) if you win as hot pie You would be my very favorite person to ever have existed. <laughs> anyway, so that oh, I would. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. I have a correction. It's my first time. <gasps> oh my god, cute. It's okay. happening. I have what? a correction. So, I was talking to one of my friends, Christina. Holla, Christina. Thank you for giving me some of your baby plants so that I could pretend that I'm good with plants when you grew them for me. Oh my god. She's the Those best. are the best kind of friends. She's the best. Um, she listened to episode one the other day and was like, hey, 
I would like to make a brief comment. You know, it doesn't like the only correction that I would make, like it's just, a, and she went about it in such a sweet way. Um, but she, cause when I was talking about Dr. Barry, mm-hmm. I said that they were the first female born, uh, human to practice medicine. And Christina made the wonderful comment. She was like, I would caveat that and say Western medicine because there have been so many mm. healers, and, mm-hmm. you know, women that are pregnant. And I was like, Oh my God, you're totally right. I am so embarrassed that I didn't think of that before and that I did not say that. Thank you for the beautiful, beautiful correction. So yes, that's great. Right. Because there have been so many women, um, in Eastern medicine or indigenous tribes or whatever that have been healers Mm -hmm. or, um, medicine workers. And I completely skipped and jumped over all of that. Um, in my assumption that Western medicine was the only medicine in the whole wide world. So there you go. My first correction. It happened. That's a really good one. Right? I thought so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Thank you. Me too. Um, hey, Reagan. Yes, Taylor. Welcome to Babe Town. I would like to cordially welcome you to Babe Town. Thank you. Um, Thank you. To anybody who is tuning in, on episode whatever the six. fuck this is going to be seven six six it's oh, six. going to be seven bud it's seven yeah because we've got a we just you're right it's seven mm-hmm. i was so confident mm-hmm. woof correction number ha. two this is episode <laughs> seven i am crushing two and it. one um if you're jumping in an episode seven reagan and i started this podcast because we were bummed about the state of the world and um, the big dumpster fire that we just seem to have been stuck in for a couple of years now. And so we (laughs) wanted to hype ourselves up and learn about some cool ladies that should be commonplace that are not commonplace. Um, And yeah, I'm Taylor. Yeah, I'm Reagan, and we're going to tell you some, some pretty dope stories. About some pretty dope ladies. And also, thanks for listening. We appreciate you in a huge way. Oh my god, so much. So much. I sounded sarcastic, but I didn't mean it to sound sarcastic. No, I'm very... (laughs) That's just how my voice sounds. We appreciate you (laughs) so much. Oh my god, so much. It's called Um, And Do you know what was really cute the other day? I was talking to Fiona, um, and... She was working out in the valley, and so she was, like, driving and was listening to the podcast. And then she came over, and we were hanging out. And she was like, oh, my God, I feel like I've been hanging out with you all day because I was just listening Aww. to the podcast all day. <laughs> oh, that's so that's sweet. I know. Oh, also, I'm going to see her later this month, and I'm really stoked about it. Uh, I know you're going to see her, and I'm really jealous. Real, I mean, real stoked. I'm jealous yeah, of both of you. Yeah, you get to see her all the time. I'm jealous of both of you, because I see her all the time, but I want to see you, too. But I also want to keep seeing her. Anyway. Sure. I get it. Anyway. So, Taylor, when was your babe born? My babe was born in 1887. You are going first. Really? Yep. Wow. I did not expect that. I, like, got all cozy because I was, like, for sure Reagan's going to throw it back. But, um, okay. No, I did 1800s last week. Thank you. I got to get my my reading from a piece of paper stance going. Reagan. Yes. Taylor. Have you ever heard of Emma Gatewood? 
Emma Gatewood. Uh-huh. I can't say that I have. Great. Oh my god, me neither, and I'm so stoked about it. So Yeet. I'm so stoked. Um Okay. So Emma Gatewood was yes. born October twenty fifth, eighteen eighty seven, on a farm Ooh. in Ohio. The spooky um, Ohio farm. She had 14 siblings. <laughs> Whoa! Too many. Too many. too many. So she had 15. Her nope. parents had 15 kids altogether. That's too many. Too many. Um, her father was a disabled Civil War veteran. Um, he had lost a leg. And because of that, um, to cope, he gambled and drank alcohol. So he was not the best. He um, be- was so such an alcoholic that mom ended up taking care of all 15 kids. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Um, Which, and like, they were... Sorry. No, go. I'm sorry. This is so mm-hmm. early to be interjecting. Oh, my God. Don't, what are you talking about? Why are you even apologizing at all? This is the whole thing. It's so early. but Don't apologize. That's just such a lose-lose situation because he's got to be battling crazy PTSD. Dude. Yeah. But, and yet terrible coping mechanisms. And so she has to raise 15. That's just a big old bummer on, it's, on every yeah. side. Yeah. It's a, it's a rough childhood for sure. For sure. When um, is she going to 15? Somewhere. Okay, cool. cool Great cool. question. <laughs> I don't know. In the, in the midst she's, somewhere. She's definitely one of them. She's one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Carry on. Um, so they were super broke. They slept four to a bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Um, so she, at 19, she meets this guy, Perry Clayton Gatewood. Um, right. He was 26. Um, he was a farmer, like her dad. So she was like, okay, great. So they got married. Um, right. He, because he's a farmer, makes her participate in a lot of the really hard farm work, like building fence posts and shit and like, that's fine. That's what she's been doing. But also, he was severely abusive and beat the shit out of her all the time. Like, no! All the time. Stop yeah. that! Yeah. So, at one point, she gets fed up with it. She leaves him. I couldn't really figure out when in their marriage this happened, but it was at least a few years into it, because they had two kids at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she leaves him, and she goes to California, Um, And she left because she was sure that he wouldn't beat the kids. Um, And she seems to have been correct about that. Um, But eventually she came back because she wanted to be with her kids. Um, In 1939, he broke her teeth, cracked her rib, and (gasps) bloodied her face. No. So in retaliation, she threw a sack of flour at him and... Guess which one of the two of them was arrested? No. Yep. So she's arrested. She's taken to jail. While she's in jail, she's there for like a day or two, I think. Um, the mayor sees her in jail and is like, this is dog shit. So he gets her out of jail and takes her to his house while she recovers. Um, good guy, mayor. Also the adrenaline and the fury to throw a sack of flour. <sighs> And just Dude, I I can't do that. Was yeah, that's true, huh? A sack of flour. I was thinking like one of those like little tiny things that you get at like Fred's that you can like palm. I'm picturing like 
one of the things that the guys use at the brewery that are 55 pounds yeah to grain in hmm yeah and i didn't think about that they're not cozy no i could not i was reading that and was like blown away that she was arrested for that though as she's That's like un- yeah oh my god like broken teeth and all of it's terrible so the mayor was like absolutely not Right, right. So two years after that, she's finally granted a divorce, which is tough in those days, Um, which sidebar, the dollop has a really great episode about divorce colonies in America and how hard it was to get a divorce in the early 1900s to mid 1900s. So Mm. everyone go listen to that. It's called Divorce Colonies. It's a dollop episode. It's great. Um, So suddenly she's a single mother to three kids. Um, So she, uh, at one point, reads this article in 1949. She reads a Nat Geo article about the Appalachian Trail. And she realizes from this article that no woman has ever hiked it solo. She's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go fucking hike that solo. So a little background. The Appalachian Trail is 2,180 miles long. Um, It goes from Spring Mountain in Georgia to Mount Katahdin in Maine. Hayden, maybe? I don't know how sure. to pronounce um, So it's real long. So she, real long. To, to train for it, she starts walking 10 miles a day. And that's pretty much it. That's like all sure. the training that she did for it. Yeah. Um, also, keep in mind at this point, she is, oh, math. It's such a math podcast. She's almost 60. Yeah, I was going to say, she was born in the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 1887. This is in 1949 that she reads this article. So she's almost 60. Um, So she felt like she could do it because she had spent a lot of time in the woods because to escape her shitty-ass husband, she would just run into the woods and just stay there for a while. So she was a self-taught survivalist. She told Sports Illustrated partway through her trek Quote, I would never have started this trip if I had known how tough it was, but I couldn't and wouldn't quit. So she, like, read wow. this Nat Geo article and was like, I can do that. And then started and was like, oh, man, this is a lot harder than I thought. <laughs> so she started to, she tried to hike it first in 1954, but um, she started from the main end of it. Um, but her glasses broke, she got lost, and she almost immediately had to be rescued. <laughs> so they, like, picked her up and were like, go home. Like, what are you doing out here? You are, like, this little old lady, and you basically have nothing with you. And she was like, no, it's fine. So, um, <laughs> Fine, Sunny. Goodbye. <laughs> so the next year, 1955, she tries again. This time she starts on the other end. She starts in Georgia. Um, she didn't tell any of her kids that she was doing this because she no. thought that they would try and stop her. <laughs> I mean, so she's at the like, same time, like, this is the kind of old lady, and by old, I mean, she's not that old, but this is the kind of woman I aspire to be. Oh, my God, right? Hang on. I'm going to do some math real quick and see how old she was at this point, because I forgot to write it down. Yeah, she's 68 when she hikes it. Amazing. Ooh. Amazing. So, meanwhile, I'm fucking 27, and my knees don't work. Like, this is <laughs> I always forget about your knee problems. So stupid. Like... <laughs> My knees don't work. My head doesn't work. It's just garbage. Uh, so hard. So um, she's 68. She starts hiking it from Georgia end. Um, she only brought, are you ready for what she brought? 
An umbrella. Knitting materials. No, but really good guess on the umbrella. She brought a shower curtain for rain. (laughs) She brought a flashlight, a Swiss army knife, band-aids, iodine, a pen, notebook, and seven pairs of Keds. Oh, boy. Like canvas shoes. What are you you doing, bud? What are you doing? She's being, if she needs to walk through water, she can just wrap her shower curtain around her feet mm-hmm. and hold it up by her waist <laughs> like a little walkable boat. She went through all seven pairs of them. Oh no. Isn't that amazing? So um, her food that she brought, she brought Vienna sausages, raisins, peanuts, and bouillon cubes. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, that's actually pretty smart. Like, that's it's pretty, pretty smart. It's pretty smart. Um, and she was just kind of like banking on the hospitality of people that she met along the trail because like the Appalachian Trail goes through towns and shit so she was like yeah like you know I'm probably gonna be able to find people to like like rest on their porch and you know she was like I don't want to be bogged down with a tent that's too much weight so she also kind of like started this idea of ultralight hiking not started but like popularized the idea of ultralight hiking yeah um, kind of from this so the first hike that she did um, through of the Appalachian Trail, she completed it in 146 days, averaging 14 miles a day. Wow. Which is like a crazy fast time yeah. to do the Appalachian Trail, apparently. Um, it's worth noting she was not the first woman to hike the Appalachian Trail. She was the first woman to hike it solo and in one walkthrough Woof. rather than doing it in sections. Um, so, so it was... It, kind of became a big media thing of this little old lady hiking the Appalachian Trail. So um, at one point, like a Boy Scouts troop was hiking a part of it and they came across her hiking and they couldn't keep up with her. She was too fast. Yes. And like too determined, like she would just get up in the morning and she would just start hiking until she couldn't anymore. And then she would go to bed. Like she um, slept like on picnic benches and on people's porches. But there were a few nights where she just stayed out in the woods. (laughs) She didn't have a tent. Like this lady just went for it. Um, She got such media attention that it inspired maintenance of the trail along the way. Oh, yay. Behind it. So a lot of people attribute her hike in 55 to have saved the Appalachian Trail as a hiking destination. Wow, that's awesome. Isn't that awesome? So um, her great-great-nephew wrote a book called Grandma Gatewood's Walk. Um, Amazing. In it, he basically went to her surviving kids and was like, hey, you know, I want to write a book about her. Does Do you have anything of hers? And they're like, yeah, we've got all these letters and, like, diaries and shit of hers. Um, so nobody had known. When people would ask, like, why are you doing this? You're like almost 70, why are you hiking the Appalachian Trail? She had always just described herself as a widow and that she just was doing it to do it. Um, And so nobody knew the story of her horrible marriage until he wrote this book because she had written it all in her diaries and stuff. Um, So she had always said, when people asked her, why are you hiking the Appalachian Trail? She said, quote, because I wanted to which I love. Yeah, you did. I love, like, why do I need a reason? I don't need a reason. Exactly. I just wanted to do it. 
Um, so her nephew in his book, Grandma Gatewood's Walk, he says, quote, I'm not sure she was walking towards something so much as she was walking away, which I also love that she like had this really hard life because she was married to that guy for 30 years. Uh, she had a really hard life and then figured out what she loved. Um, Ultimately, she completed the entire trail three times, which is wow. the first time that anyone has ever completed it more than once, man or woman. She's wow. the first one to have done it, ever. Um, in 1959, so four years after her first trek of the Appalachian Trail, she hiked the entire Oregon Trail, which is nuts. Wow. Um, it took her 95 days to walk about 2,000 miles, which is, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, that's so literally just waking up and walking until you fall asleep. Yeah. That's it. That's all that you do. Um so in doop 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 where was I? Um she also helped found the Buckeye Trail in her native Ohio, um which is now a 1444 mile trek, a section of which is named after her, which I love. Aww. Um on the Buckeye Trail dot org website <laughs> it says that the hopes behind founding this trail were to quote was uh as quote encouragement to young people to slow down and learn about their native land Aww. which is like all that she wanted to do is just like I'm be so out in the woods sweet. and like oh god i know this lady i love her um so ultimately she died in 1973 at the age of 85 which is pretty incredible that she didn't yeah. even start hiking until 20 years before she died yeah that's so crazy so yeah so um it's a real short quick story but I loved it and loved this amazing lady and yeah I just loved that's her amazing so also so props amazing. for doing the entire Oregon Trail without any oxen or you know dysentery or oh my god she didn't get cholera once not not a single time she nobody in her party hunt. broke their arm she probably didn't hunt for buffalo or break a wheel no, no. or have she... to fjord a river or whatever they called it you took my joke damn it reagan ah <laughs> 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 um no, yeah i know i read i read the thing about her hiking the oregon trail and i was like that that can't be right <laughs> so many oxen to get through that i can't even i couldn't even complete the oregon trail when it was a computer game (laughs) what are you talking about like i don't think i ever made it to oregon really the trick was to start out with 12 oxen because then you fly through that thing god do you know like four years ago it was new year's which is not only New Year's, but also our anniversary. So naturally I was just chugging I, champagne. I did know that. And I was admittedly pretty drunk. Sure. And um, I woke up the next morning to an Amazon notification being like, your package is shipped. And I was yes. like, well, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll see what this is. I was like, I'm not going to open this email because I don't want to know what it is. I just what have I done? And, um... Like two weeks later, it was it was a seven dollar charge from Amazon, and like two weeks later, a little package came, and drunk me had ordered the Oregon Trail for Windows ninety five. <laughs> Amazing. 
Um, spoiler alert, it did not work on my computer. No, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was sure. a real bummer, but I still have it just in case. Good. Yeah. Hold you on. You know, to that. maybe technology will advance enough to where we go backwards. I mean, records are cool again, so. Maybe, you know. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, will you do me a favor and source your shit? Oh, sure. Um, so a big article that I got was from the Washington Post, um, by written by Diana Reese in 2015. Um, I also got, so apparently the New York Times, which this might not be news to you, but it was to me, they do a um, series of obituaries for people who have accomplished things, I guess. That um, seems legit. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, the New York Times did an obituary for her called Grandma Emma Gatewood Overlooked No More, um, which I love. Yeah. It's written by Catherine Q. Seeley, I think. S-E-E-L-Y-E, I think. Seeley. L-Y-E. Yeah, I probably yeah. do. Seeley. Um, there's also BuckeyeTrail.org, which talks about Emma Gatewood founding the Buckeye Trail and then the National Parks website on the Appalachian Trail. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. That's my shit. I love your Short shit. and sweet and cute little grandmas. That's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. I liked her. I do like her. I like her a lot. <sighs> okay, now I can get back into my... Yeah, get back into your listening pose. My cozy position. All right. Oh, my God. I'm too excited. I have the, the butterflies in my stomach. Okay. <clears throat> Taylor. I can't wait. Reagan. You know how you were excited for the Akashinga last week? Yes. That's me right now. Yes. I'm Great. so hyped. Okay. Have you ever heard of Marina Raskova and the Night Witches? Um, no. But, <gasps> yes! Okay. Okay. Already my soul is filled. Seriously. You have no idea. I've okay. <clears throat> it's fine. Everything's fine. Okay. Great. So Marina Raskova was born in Moscow in on March 28, 1912. She's born to, it says a middle-class family, but if you read about her family, they seem kind of upper class. Like her mom was a teacher, but her dad was an opera singer and a teacher and her aunt was a famous opera singer. Oh. So she grew up wanting to be an opera singer, and her family wanted her to be a musician. I don't know if they thought it was more stable or whatever. I don't know. But she has, like, these big dreams of being a singer, and so she begins studying theater and music super hardcore. Well, in 1919, her dad died from injuries sustained from a motorcycle accident, and she dove into her studies like crazy strict, which she's seven years old at this point. What? Oh my God. And she like of her own volition dives into her studies so strictly that she's starting to have crazy stress as a seven year old. Oh, Oh, so in high school, imagine what a seven year old stress is like. (laughs) I know. I know. I just, I can't pick between my juice boxes. (laughs) Seriously, it's like trying to find a place to hide in hide-and-go-seek. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, wow. She has self-induced stress because of her really strict schedule in her studies. Well, then, in high school, she switches to chemistry. 
1929, she graduated and began work as a dye chemist in a factory and married a man named Sergei Reskova. And then the next year, she had a baby girl named Tanya. So the next year, 1931, she started work at the Aero Navigation Laboratory of the Air Force Academy as a draftswoman, which is basically like, you remember drafting in college? Like, like on a drafting board? Yes. So it's that, okay. but for planes. So she's writing detailed technical drawings and plans of airplanes. Okay. Casually. Yeah. Two years out of high school. It's fine. Um, cool. So then in 1933, two years later, she becomes the first woman navigator in the Soviet Union. Wow. In 1935, she divorced Sergei and starts focusing solely on aviation. And between 1937 and 38, she became an aviator celebrity by setting a crap ton of Soviet Union records in flight. My favorite of which, which is the craziest thing in the world, September of 1938, she and two other women set a record for the longest flight by women, the longest constant flight by women it was from moscow to the southern tip of siberia which was 4010 miles or a 26 hour 26 and a half hour flight wow um she was the navigator and the two pilots were named polina osipenko i'm probably going to pronounce all of these wrong and i apologize in advance i mean it's sounding really good to me so great great <laughs> great great um and then the other pilot was Valentina Grizodubova. Sure. You nailed it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, which I looked up the average temperature for that time in Siberia, like in the 2000s. Yeah. And it's below freezing. So if you do climate change math, in 1938, it was probably like negative 75 or something. Ew. And also, like, we're talking 1930s planes, right? Uh-huh. So, like... Probably not climate controlled. Uh-huh. Probably like open air a bit. For a constant 26 and a half hour flight. Oh. Uh-huh. So as they're flying, they realize the plane's too heavy and they can't get the altitude they need. So they start throwing stuff out because <laughs> they have to lighten the plane. Oh my God. And that's their only option if they want to break this record and keep flying is to throw stuff out. So they keep throwing more and more things out, but the plane keeps being too heavy. So Marina, like a champion. No, what are you about to tell me? Jumps out of the plane. No. And so the other two can make it safely to Southern Siberia. Oh my God. But then like, so what? She's just like out in the middle of the Russian wilderness? Correct. With almost no food and no water, she was lost for 10 days. What? But then, like a champion navigator, she found the plane. She what? like found her. She found her way there. So okay. all three of them won the Hero of the Soviet Union award, which I hear is a really big deal. Amazing. Um, they started calling her the Soviet Amelia Earhart, and she started getting letters from women all over the Soviet Union wanting to join the war effort. Because heads up, we're on World War Two. Um, but not in like supporting roles. They wanted to be gunners and pilots and warriors because they were all like 
not only did they want to help out, but they wanted revenge. Like their brothers and husbands and fathers were all dying Mm -hmm. and they wanted to join the fray as has been the case of every war throughout history. The women are like, Hey, let us help. Right. So now that she's a celebrity, she petitioned Joseph Stalin to let her form an all-female fighting squad, which he didn't want to, but at the time, it's like 1939, 1940, um, by June, Hitler had invaded the Soviet Union, and by fall, they were pressing on Moscow. Leningrad was under siege, and from everything that I understand, the Red Army was a big old hot mess. Okay. Everything was a struggle bus. And so Joey Stalin made Joey <laughs> one good decision in his life. And on October 8, 1941, he gave orders to deploy three all-female Air Force units. Which wow. made the Soviet Union the first nation to officially allow women in combat. Man, what the fuck that that fell to the Soviet Union? Right? And Joseph Stalin of all three. Okay. God. Um, so one of those three Air Force units was the 588th Regiment of Night Bombers, and they were led by, deep breath, everybody, they were led by Major Yevdokia Bershanskaya. Ooh, girl. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name, but that's how it looks. Okay. They had 2,000 applicants, and she chose... 400 women for each unit. Um, So 1,200 total. Okay. And almost all of them were students aged 17 to 26. Oh, little babies. Yeah, Yeah, little babies. Teenagers. And then she took those women to fucking school. They learned in a few months what it took their male counterparts several years to learn. It's almost like women are really adept. Oh my god, isn't that crazy? And driven. Oh my god. Because maybe not we only should, were like, these women maybe have them in government. Wait. No. Damn. Damn. No. No. I'm we sorry. Still this... emotions. We couldn't Excuse possibly. Me. I'm this, I'm sorry. Dial your progressiveness back. How dare I? Agree. Um because oh, by the way, these women weren't learning just to be pilots. They were every single woman. Every single one was trained to be a pilot, a navigator, ground crew, and maintenance for their own plane. What? In a few months. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And the boys' club was pissed. I bet. They've got all they these were, broads showing them up. Yeah, they were so mad. So all of the women get hand-me-down uniforms and boots from the men and had to rip up their bedding to stuff into their boots so that they would fit. Oh. Yeah. So then we get to the planes that they were given. I bet they were in great condition. I mean, the height of technology at the time. Yeah, I bet. Top notch. They were so fast. Mm-hmm. So they got, like, the planes were considered outdated in the 40s. Oh, no. They got 1920 crop dusters that were used for training. They were literally made of plywood and canvas. The planes women, were? Planes. The planes, planes were made of plywood and canvas. Plywood and canvas. That's my nightmare, dude. Uh-huh. That's my okay. nightmare. Um, they, The women called them, quote, a coffin with wings. 
Oh, cool so name. Casual. They were two-seater, so that each plane had a pilot and a navigator. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot to mention. They were open cockpit. Sure. Why wouldn't they so be? They had, right. So they had zero protection from any elements. Um, and they were usually flying at night in the Soviet winters. So freezing temperatures, wind, frostbite, all that stuff. There are multiple accounts of, like, if you touch the plane in the winter, it could rip your bare skin off. God, This what? is what these women were doing. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Wow. Oh, also, the planes had a limited weight capacity, so they couldn't have, quote, luxury items. Hang on. Wanna... Can I guess? Yes. Please guess what the luxury items were. Um, Like a parachute? Number one, yes. Huh. Cool. Good. Um, what luxury, you know? Um, Like food? Do you need food on those planes? Probably not. No, their, their flights weren't that long. Okay. Um, so we're not talking like a drink cart. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Quote luxury items, not actual luxury items. In the way that tampons are considered luxury items. Well, Reagan, of course. I mean, you can just suck it up, right? You just tell your right. body not to. Don't use that phrase when talking. No. Just nope. suck it right on up. Nope. Um, a parachute and like seatbelts or something. Well, they didn't have those to begin with. Cool. Yeah, why would they? I mean, right? You're in uh, a plane. Why not? Uh, with an open cockpit. It's casual. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. They also could not have radar. They couldn't have any radios. Sure. And my personal favorite, they could have no guns. Cool. Yeah, they're in a war, though, yeah? Yeah, send them into battle. No guns. Like, what the fuck are they supposed to do without guns in a battle? Just fly around and, like, confuse people? Literally, if somebody started firing at them, their orders were to duck. In your canvas plane. In your canvas plane, duck. When mm. you're fighting Nazis, duck. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that seems seems cool. Um, but you know what? They were allowed uh, rulers, stopwatches, flashlights, pencils. Maps and compasses. That's Useful. so many things. So the benefits to these crappy planes. They were slower, which was actually a benefit because they were harder to target. And they were super easy to maneuver and they could take off and land anywhere. So whenever a Nazi plane was like coming up on them, the fastest speed that these planes could go was slower than the Nazi planes stalling speed. So the... The Nazis, like, literally had to pass them and then circle around <laughs> and come back. Wow. They they had no other choice. Um, because they had no radio, they couldn't show up on any, like, radio detection radar thingamajiggies. Okay. Um, and because they were smaller, they could fly really close to the ground, and they couldn't be picked up on infrared locators because they were made of canvas and plywood. So those okay. are the pluses in yeah. this of minuses right okay. yeah those are so, some uh there are some definite pluses but at uh -huh. what cost <laughs> uh-huh okay so okay. here's here's what they did i cannot get over it they did all of this in the middle of the night so at night each plane had two bombs at a time one under each wing and they would fly in packs of three planes the first two would be bait 
and they would draw in the much needed light from the spotlights of the Nazi planes. What? Uh huh. They would drop a flare over the target, and then the third plane that the Nazis hadn't seen would swoop in, cut the engine, and glide low to the ground in the darkness and drop the bombs. Ah. Uh. Then all three would circle black, cir- circle black, circle back, and then they would refly again, changing positions until each plane's bombs were dropped. Then all three would fly home, get more bombs, and go back out. Jeez. So for them to make meaningful damage, they would have to have 42-person crews a night, and each crew ran between 8 and 18 missions, flying back and forth to rearm. Oh, my God. And this was called, quote, harassment bombing. (laughs) (laughs) Lol. Amazing. I love it. So the Nazis called them the Nachthexen, which means the night witches. Cool name. Whenever they cut the engine and they like were gliding in, the plane made a whooshing sound and it sounded like a broom. And that was the Nazis' only warning that a bomb was about to go off. Oh, God. Isn't that cool? That's so cool and so scary. And so scary. So the Nazis were terrified of them. And any German airman that downed a night witch was automatically awarded the prestigious Iron Cross Medal. Oh, my God. Immediately. They were immediately awarded this wonderful thing because they downed one witch. So in the winter of 1942, the weather got to negative 54 degrees Fahrenheit. Barf. Uh Uh-huh. And there was a windstorm that would blow the planes away, so the women lied down on the wings to add body weight to the plane. Nope. In a freezing windstorm. Nope. Uh Uh-huh. Big old nope. On canvas planes. Uh Uh-huh. I can't get over the fact that they're canvas. Like, like in my story, this lady walked through seven pairs of canvas shoes. Uh Uh-huh. And these people are flying around in a war. Canvas. Canvas planes. In winter in Russia. Oh, God. Yeah, no, thank you. Terrible. So by this time, Marina has earned the title major. So Major Raskova had 12 commandments of the Night Witches. And for the life of me, I cannot find 11 of them. Oh. I searched, like, literally, you can only find the first one. And I cannot find the other 11. But guess what the number one commandment of being a Night Witch was? I don't know. Be proud you are a woman. Stop it. Yep. Stop it. Number one, be proud you are a woman. Isn't that unbelievable? Oh my God. So each of these women, in addition to all of this, quote, kept up with their needlework, patchwork, dancing, and they use their navigation pencils as eyeliner and lip color. Which apparently they just didn't sleep. I don't know. But one of my favorite quotes is, they would sing and dance, help each other do laundry. They'd complain to one another about the misery of wearing men's underwear. And then as darkness descended, they became killing machines. Oh my god. I just... Oh boy. 
many goosebumps. Reagan. Wow. I'm obsessed. I am obsessed. I want to make so many t-shirts about the Night Witches. I cannot hold it in. Um, so the Germans thought they were either A, criminals sent to the front lines as punishment, <laughs> or B, my personal favorite, <laughs> they were given injections to let them see in the night like cats. Yeah, cool. Right? Cool. Yeah, both of those things make a lot more sense than just that they are ladies. They're just badass ladies that want to kill yeah. a bunch of Nazis. Yeah, both of those uh, things make a lot more sense. I know. One of the pilots said, quote, this was nonsense, of course. What we did have were clever, educated, very talented girls. Yeah. Uh, that pilot's name was Nadia Popova, and she flew 852 missions. Wow. After one of her flights... She counted 42 bullet holes in her plane, map, and helmet, and then told her navigator, Katya, my dear, we will live long. And her helmet? Yeah. They had vaginas of iron. Oh, my God. I just... I... Wow. Uh Uh-huh. In her map, like... This is really... You know, it's putting my anxiety issues into a whole new perspective. Like, the next time I get freaked out about something stupid, oh. she should be like, oh, oh, these I see ladies, like, it was, ain't no thing. Ain't if no thing. She got shot in the head. Just gonna kill some Nazi chicken wangs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, if that is not the name of this episode, I don't know what is. <laughs> no, wait, I have a better name later on. <laughs> um... So one particular woman flew to the front seven times in the night to restock bombs. Mm. Um, And few of the planes had defense ammunition. So again, if they were under attack, they had to duck, which the Germans had tracer bullets that had a, like a pyrotechnic charge that would, you know, burst their wooden planes into (laughs) flames. How if you're if you're about to answer this, don't tell me because I okay. won't be surprised. But okay. how long were they in operation for? Um, I can do the. Hang on just a second. So forty one was the first one. Hold on, let me do some quick math. Uh, three and a half years. Three and a half years. They're using these shitty ass planes. Wow. So in those three and a half years, they totaled 30,000 missions, which was averaging 800 800 missions per pilot navigator duo, um, which is 23,000 tons of bombs. Wow. Yeah. Uh, They logged 28,676 flight hours. And of their 1,200 witches, in three and a half years, they lost 30. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Damn. They lost 30. Which, like, still, I wish it was zero. Mm Mm-hmm. But But considering that you're in campus planes. (laughs) Harassing the hell out of Nazis. Wow. They only lost 30. 
I'm man, I'm obsessed. So in all of that time, they either damaged or completely destroyed 17 river crossings, nine railways, two railway stations, 26 warehouses, 12 fuel depots, 176 armored cars, 86 <laughs> firing points, and 11 searchlights. Wow. Meanwhile, they dropped 155 supply drops of food and ammunition to Soviet forces. It was said that they were a crucial asset to the Soviets helping win World War II. Which, it gets even crazier. Are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. In the spring of 1943, two pilots were on a routine run, and they found themselves surrounded by German bombers. But guess how many German bombers they found themselves surrounded by? Uh... D2. 42. They survived. That's amazing. 42 German bombers and they survived. There was a story about like one of them had to make an emergency landing and a bunch of uh, locals, I'm not sure where they were, but a bunch of locals ran over and like tried to offer the nice Russian lad some vodka and were confused when he refused it until they realized he was a lady and had to get back in a plane. Wow. Didn't want to drink vodka before she jumped back in a plane. It, yeah. The whole thing was absolutely That's insane. amazing. So, Major Marina Raskova died January 4th, 1943, when she was finally sent to the front lines. And she was given the first state funeral of World War II. Um, their last mission was on May 4th, 1945, and they flew within 37 miles of Berlin. Three days later, Germany surrendered. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. They were the most highly decorated unit. 24 women were awarded the title Hero of the Soviet Union, and yet they were not included in the Victory Day Parade because their planes were too slow. What the fuck? That annoys me to no end. What the fuck? That annoys me to no end. These shitty-ass planes that we gave you that you guys did really amazing things with, they're too slow. So, like, you're not included. Wow. They were unfortunately disbanded. Disband. Disbanded. Six months after the war. And you know why I think that was? Because there was no more war? That's a great reason, too. But I think... (laughs) because (laughs) thanks for pointing that out (laughs) no uh i think it's because no one could handle their sweet night moves (laughs) oh my god (laughs) is that what you've been leading up to this whole time night moves oh my god it just i got too excited they're working on them night moves yeah they are Okay. Yeah, you're right. That's the name of the episode. Absolutely night moves. If I don't get a text from Jill with all caps, night moves, then I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Because that is our entire text thread, is one of us screaming night moves at the other person. Amazing. (sighs) And that's the story of Marina Raskova and the Night Witches. Wow. Right? Wow. I 
might make a Night Witches t-shirt soon. I don't know. I'm I too. I love that. I love this. I'm so a much. humongous fan. Wow. Yeah. I like that so much. Me too. So, so much. Got a big old crush on every one of them. There was a quote I should have written down. I don't have it, but uh, one of the pilots, because there's a series of interviews that are compiled where someone went and found the living night witches and like asked them about it. Mm-hmm. And one of them said, I don't have her name. I should have written it down, but she said that sometimes she'll still look up at the sky and picture her 17 year old self flying her bomber and think I was crazy, <laughs> but I did it. And I was like, all of you were crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> but I love you all. Oh my God. Wow. That's yeah. so cool. Isn't that cool? You gonna source your shit? I'm gonna source my shit. Okay. Um obviously Wikipedia. Yeah. Historychannel.com has an incredible Ooh. article. I got most of the quotes and everything from, as you also did, the Washington Post article. They do incredible cool. stuff. Um couple websites uh called foldingchairhistory.com and then there's one called seize the sky.com about aviators obviously there's a drunk history episode about it which is how i got the idea and it's Mm. incredible um but there's a book called the huntress by kate quinn and kate was the one who went around and did the interviews um and then compiled it all into the book the huntress but also this man named Steve Prouse, I think is how you pronounce his name. He wrote a screenplay called The Night Witches that has won best screenplay 30 times. What? And it's in pre-production right now. What? Oh, my God. Yeah. Night Witches movie is happening. This is my There's favorite like, thing that seems to be a recurring thing with you is that you I tell know. a really great story and then you'll drop the bomb on me that there's a movie there's a movie or a tv show coming no and i don't plan them that way by any means like i just look it up i'm like oh i wonder if there's a movie about this i never even think to look if there's a movie (laughs) that's because i'm obsessed with them wow yeah and it's just called night witches wow good work bud thanks bud you too hey i've got a question for you Mm -hmm. who's your lady of the week so we're taking a big old turn here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> From like war and death and all of that. Yeah. My lady of the week, I don't think you have met, but I really wish that you had, um, is my sister-in-law, Kara Kay. Mm-hmm. She is currently writing her fifth book. Wow. Meanwhile, she is a mother to four children two cats and a dog wow yeah um how, and she, how does she i don't know how? I, I physically don't know wow she like they don't have a nanny she does she does it all it's amazing i don't understand it in any way shape, or form. seriously um she's one of my favorite human beings and she recently opened up on her because she's she's always been big in the blogging world and she's always had a very large following that she turned into like a national support group for moms 
local groups that get together to support each other. And it's a very like open space of like, Hey, not all of us are Pinterest moms. This is really hard. And I cried in my fridge today, you know, like yeah, very real human beings that support each other literally across the nation. Um, And so she's always had this big following and she recently was very, very vulnerable on her, um, all of her social medias about struggling with mental illness and the Mm. difficulties that people don't see and how it's like, it's, it's so much harder to raise children and be the perfect mom and blah, 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 than people assume. And it's, it was just, it was a beautiful, beautiful post. Um, she's a beautiful feminist. She and my brother are doing all sorts of social active work and I'm very, very proud of them. And she's writing her fifth book. That's amazing. I can't get over it. I read her, um, her first one is called mom up. Um, you know, like man up. Do you, mm-hmm. do you get it? I get it. Yeah. Do you guys get it? <laughs> I get it. Um, but yeah, it's on sale, like Amazon target, all the places. Um, and it's really, really good. I obviously tore through it cause I can hear it in her voice and she's talking about yeah. my nieces and nephews and my brother. And so like, I can picture the whole thing, but yeah, it's, it's beautiful. She's beautiful. I'm so impressed with what she's doing and she's a friend of the pod. Oh, I know. And that's sweet. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Amazing. Um, who is your lady of the week? Well, so at this point, <clears throat> by the time this episode comes out, it'll be a couple weeks late. But I think my lady of the week has to be my beautiful cousin, Alex, who's getting married on Saturday. Congratulations. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. And I just love her a lot. It's weird, though, because, like, looking at pictures of the two of us when we were kids, like, you can't tell us apart. <laughs> it's very <laughs> weird. Um, and so I'm just, like, so excited to go see her get all dressed up and you know I just uh, I'm just very excited like I remember when she was in love with Justin Timberlake and now she's like marrying this cool ass dude and, yeah I'm sorry are you saying she's not still in love with Justin Timberlake because that's I mean she probably is because because um so a few years ago I mean uh, quite a few years ago at this point we she got backstage tickets to the MTV Movie Awards oh and so we like went what? and yeah Wait, was that and, when you met Tom Felton yeah. Okay. So Justin Timberlake like gets up to present at one of the awards, <laughs> and Alex is like, <laughs> I mean, at this point she had to have been like 25, <laughs> and she just yells out, <laughs> she just yells like screams like, I love you, Justin. <laughs> And I was, like, dying laughing the whole time. And we, like, get home, and my mom and her mom are watching the show. And we were like, you guys have to see if you can hear Alex when Justin Timberlake yeah. gets up. And sure enough, you can <gasps> hear my fucking cousin just screaming at Justin Timberlake. Oh, the best. That's amazing. Best. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see her get married and go and be there for her and If she listens to this, I don't apologize, but I acknowledge that it was shitty that time when I was like 11 and I spilled Dr. Pepper all over (laughs) you on the airplane and then didn't switch you seats. So 
Oh man, I, I acknowledge wait it until this podcast just turns into us apologizing for shit that we did when we were kids. For anybody who has hung on, this is a long <laughs> one, but it's a great one. We'll cut some stuff. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, but not very much stuff. I don't think this is. I, I like that this is a longer one. Um, I knew that my story was going to be long, and I'm not sorry. No, see, and it was great because mine was nice and short. So there you go. Balances out. Great. Yeah. Um. If you are still listening, make sure you follow us and rate yeah. us and review us and subscribe to us because then every Monday you're going to get a little tiny little notification on your phone that says like, bloop, bloop, Babe Town has a new episode. And then you won't have to do any work except for press play. That's it. We're trying to make it as easy as possible for you. What Listen, more do you want? What more do you want? We can't give you any more than that. So <sighs> you can find cannot. us wherever you listen to podcasts now. I think we oh. can officially say. Yeah, wherever you get your podcasts. We're on uh, Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Google and Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, And all those random ones that we've never heard of, but we're there. We're there. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're We're on on Facebook. Facebook. Um, And also we have an email if you would like to send us either recommendations of babes that we should cover or your lady of the week or a crazy story that happened to you or whatever. We would love to hear what inspired you this week. Yeah. Yep. And all of those things are all at Babetown pod. All of them. Um, Reagan, I love this. Taylor. I love this as well. And you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Have a great time. Oh my God, it's going to be like two weeks before we talk again. It will. Wow. Can handle it. Probably not. Probably not. But whenever I do talk to you again, it's going to be great. Mm, Can't wait. Can't wait. Love you, dude. Love you. Bye. Bye.